Hello and welcome to another edition of Sports Talk with Tonsoni. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni, and our weekly sports recap this week is a little truncated due to the holiday Thanksgiving season and getting everyone together to record their various segments. Uh, it was a little difficult in a short two-day segment here at Delphi uh, High School uh, and the students and faculty who helped. But we're going to start off this week's podcast introducing a new segment within the Sports Talk with Tonsoni podcast, an Indiana sports review, where we're going to spend time uh, mostly talking about, uh, in the state of Indiana, our college basketball teams with a predominant emphasis on Indiana and Purdue. Some faculty members are taking on the, the Purdue portion. I, your host, will take on uh, Indiana and also Indiana State where my son is a basketball manager. And for updates on Butler and Notre Dame, uh, we occasionally have uh, junior Joe Perry join us. So uh, we'll start off with the Indiana Sports Review uh, partial podcast, our, our first go just to give our listeners a, a taste of what to expect. We hope to have that out early each week. Uh, and then we'll do some college football recap uh, with the guys and we'll end up with uh, our favorite sixth grade correspondent, the Gleasonator, talking about who's hot and who's not. Thanks for tuning in every week um, for our podcast. And so here are faculty members, uh, Kyle Klein and Dave Gilbert with the Purdue Sports Report. Hi, uh, this is David Gilbert and I'm here with Kyle Klein with Delphi Bracketology. Uh, we're going to be doing a uh, weekly podcast on Purdue sports, uh, specifically football and basketball. Uh, it'll really be more basketball once the football season uh, finishes up uh, this weekend. Uh, this past weekend was not a very good fan or a very good time to be a Purdue fan, uh, especially Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the football team s suffered a triple overtime loss to Wisconsin. Um, after blowing a 14-point lead with less than eight minutes to go in the game. And the basketball team also managed to blow a <laughs> double-digit lead in the second half as well, blowing a 12-point lead to number 16, Virginia Tech. Uh, what were your thoughts on the weekend, Kyle? Well, we have a new puppy at home, and there's many nights where I didn't get much sleep. But I think Friday, or I think Saturday night and Sunday night of this weekend, I got less sleep than ever because I went, home, I went to bed a little upset both nights. Um, Double-digit leads in both those games, and you can't complete out the win. Um, you know, I think in the football game, I think we got a little uh, complacent and kind of playing not to lose in that fourth quarter instead of, um, you know, playing to win. And I think we got a little uh, – went off of the playbook like Brom usually didn't, doesn't do. But um, – and he was just being, you know, a little cautious with, with our lead. And so I felt exactly – at the end of that game, I felt exactly what I did a year ago when we played Nebraska and we had a double-digit lead and lost it at home also. And so – uh, disappointing end for that. Uh, basketball, you know, I, I can, I don't know, basketball, that was a bummer also. We were playing a really good team in number 16, Virginia Tech. And, you know, the second half, gosh, I, I feel like we were just launching every three-pointer that we could. It's like Loyola Marymount from the 80s and 90s when they just come down across half court and launch it. And so, you know, we, anytime you get Matt Harms with zero points out of the game and he only took one shot, uh, there, there needs to be a little bit of an adjustment I think on the offensive end for that. Um, the, the football game Saturday, um, you know, the offense was not the problem. David Blau threw for 386 yards, had four touchdowns. Rondell Moore was Rondell Moore once again Rondale. with nine receptions, 114 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, the defense uh, was mm. a little lacking, especially the run defense, allowing uh, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor to go for uh, 321 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns, including the game winner in overtime. 
Uh, now that sets up the you know winner go home uh, game against IU in the battle for the bucket this weekend, the Old Oaken Bucket. Uh, just like last season, both teams come in five and six and needing a win to um, have a chance at a bowl. Unfortunately, this year uh, Purdue is not on a winning streak uh, like they were last year, and they weren't. They're not playing at home. They have to go down to Bloomington, uh, so could be a tough uh, game for Purdue as well as the uncertainty of uh, Jeff Brom. Uh, whether he's going to go to Louisville or not. Can we just not discuss that part? Because that, that's a little, that'll be really disappointing. Um, I think Brom will stay, but let me go back to uh, Jonathan Taylor. Because I mean, he he's just an All-American running back. I know I told Mr. Gasser, John Gasser, that if we keep him under 200 yards, we'll have a good chance to win. I didn't think we'd have to keep him under 300 yards with a chance <laughs> to win. Um, if you think about it, he ran like a fifth of a mile over Purdue's defense. <laughs> Sorry, that's the math part of me coming out, but I'm like, I'm like I was winded just watching him run. And so, um, and thinking about that. And so, yeah, hopefully Brom stays. I think he's got a good, uh, you know, he's still playing with a lot of players that were not initially his. I mean, you see what the players he's recruited are starting to do for Purdue, um, you know, with, without David Blau. I mean, he was obviously here before Blau came, or before Brom came, but um, I, I think he has a great class coming in. I think he has the culture set for Purdue football headed in the right direction. Um, you know, the fans were just coming out in droves. And I mean, it was a very cold night on Saturday and still had a lot of fans there. So I think the fans are really starting to get back into Purdue football. And I, we're, I think we're, you know, steps away from being important and relevant again in the, in the west side of the uh, Big Ten bracket. All right, the, uh, the basketball team, although they did lose to Virginia Tech on Sunday and had a disappointing loss, I think the, the tournament there in Charleston did provide some uh, positives. You know, coming into the season, everybody knew that Carson Edwards was going to be the man, and he continues to impress, uh, scoring, you know, 26, 29, 25 uh, in the three games at, at Charleston. But uh, they also had other guys step up, and that was the question, who's going to step up and score? Uh, Ryan Klein uh, averaged 15 ga a game in the three games there. Uh, Evan Boudreau, the transfer from Dartmouth, uh, had 18 and 7 boards uh, in the championship game and had 12 points and 7 rebounds in, in the semifinal game against Davidson. Uh, so I think uh, there's some you know, positive things that came out of the tournament as well. Right. You always hate to see your team lose, but I think for us to get to the championship game and to play against a high-caliber team like Virginia Tech, then I think that was really important. And, you know, we responded pretty well. I think we went back to our roots of just shooting the three a little too much, like I talked about before. Uh, Boudreaux has been a great addition to the team. You know, he's, he's yeah, there's always a question about how transfer is going to gel, especially coming from an Ivy League uh, team to a Big Ten team. And, you know, he's really fitting in well with the team and making his mark. I mean, I mean his rebounds are huge, you know. Um, the championship game, I feel like we didn't have no Joel Eastern, and for very much he got into a little bit of foul trouble. Um, Harms was just, I mean, I probably could have played his position. position. Let's not, hopefully Matt Harms is not listening to this. I love you, Matt. I love your hair and everything. But, um, and he only had one shot and, you know, only like one or two rebounds. And so he's really non-existent. And part of that is, um, you know, difference of play. But... I am enthused with how Purdue is playing. I still contend that they will have a pretty decent year, maybe better than what some people are thinking. But um, you know, I, I think we'll be we'll be up there in the top that top four teams of the Big Ten come around February and March. All right, that is a wrap of the Purdue sports uh, from last week. 
uh, join us next week as we recap the uh, old Oak and Bucket game, as well as the, the Purdue men's game versus Robert Morris. Boiler up. Boiler up. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Dave. Um, excellent report there on the Boilermakers. And as you mentioned, it is Bucket Week, and uh, both teams, five and six, uh, heading in, and one team will win and uh, have a chance to be bowl eligible. So um, this will be the Indiana sports report. And the Indiana football team uh, had a competitive game last week up at Michigan, losing 31-20 to in a hard-fought game that saw Michigan kick uh, six field goals uh, in order to, to obtain the win. And, and the game wasn't put away until late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Indiana had an excellent bend but don't break defensive effort on the day, uh, taking a, a really improving Michigan offense and, and holding it somewhat in check, at least in check enough to, to be in the game. Uh, for Indiana, Stevie Scott was the star uh, for 30 rushing attempts for 143 yards. Um, and a touchdown. Uh, that kind of effort uh, was uh, what Indiana needed in order to uh, stay competitive. And I believe the 365 yards, 300 yards, 385 yards that Indiana had was one of the highest numbers, if not the highest number, up against that uh, relentless Wolverine defense. So the Michigan survived, and they get to play Ohio State now uh, for the right to be the Big East, um, Big Ten East representative in the conference championship. Indiana falls to five and six in football and need a home victory against Purdue. Uh, that game, I think, currently is in the favor of Purdue by uh, three points, according to your favorite line. Uh, Purdue has had bigger wins than Indiana, but both teams are five and six. Uh, Indiana has a chance with the home field advantage where Purdue has not played its best football on the road to maybe pull one out. But it should be a good battle for Indiana fans. Moving on to Indiana basketball, which will be our emphasis here on the Indiana Sports Report. Uh, Indiana basketball split a couple of games uh, this week, uh, defeating, at the time, a ranked Marquette opponent, quite handily, 96-73 to in Assembly Hall. A great defensive effort by Robert Finnessy and Al Durham on Marcus Howard, Marquette's leading scorer, led the way for the Hoosiers. Um, Romeo Langford scoring over 20 points. Uh, in his first big game as a Hoosier, uh, helped um, to the margin of victory. And then the Hoosiers went on the road to Arkansas and dealing with some injuries, uh, four players out totally, a couple of guards. Uh, Arkansas's heavy pressure and strong half-court defense uh, forced Indiana into 18 turnovers. And in that game, also saw Indiana get in foul trouble with Jawan Morgan, sitting out 17 and a half minutes in his first half, and also Robert Finnessy only playing a total of 21 minutes, losing those two players for almost half of a basketball game in a rough environment is tough for a lot of teams to overcome. The credit to the Hoosiers has to be in the way that, uh, despite their poor play, the, the turnovers, uh, the missed defensive assignments, uh, they were in a ball game right down to the end and. Uh, that is a good sign uh, when things aren't going well, that the team fights and battles. It's also kind of a bad sign that you, you leave uh, a game in the hands of officials who made uh, a couple questionable calls or non-calls down the end uh, that, that helped Arkansas with some free throws at two and a half seconds. Uh, it, that was the difference. 
in the game in Indiana losing to Arkansas 73 to 72. Indiana's record is three and one. They return to action probably as you're listening to this. Uh, well, but they would have played on Tuesday. I think we're going to release this on uh, Thursday. And they play Friday, uh, UT Arlington on Tuesday, UC Davis on Friday to get back in the win column before moving on to a post-Thanksgiving uh, game down at uh, the incredible Duke Blue Devils. Uh, let's take a look at Indiana State. Indiana State had one game, and they played a Division II opponent, McKendry, uh, and they were able to win that game quite easily, 80-63, to 63, and get a lot of players some playing time. They, too, are playing without some key players due to transfers uh, that you'll see um, probably in three weeks uh, be on the roster and playing. And so uh, with a lack of depth, uh, foul trouble, and... Um, and fatigue have been an issue for the Sycamores to overcome. They are they are two and one on the season after getting a nice road win uh, up at Green Bay against uh, Wisconsin Green Bay. Key performers in the game on uh, against McHenry: Tyreek Key, 34 minutes, uh, scored 23 points. Jordan Barnes, the other guard, in 36 minutes was able to score 19 points. Two other double-figure scorers for the Sycamores: Devin Thomas with 10 and Bronson Kessinger with 10 as well. Uh, kudos also goes out to the Indiana State Sycamore football team under the direction of Kurt Mallory uh, with a huge win against uh, Western Illinois on Saturday and they have uh, secured a winning season after going winless in 2017. Um, and I have an affinity for the Sycamores as my son is a heavy participant uh, in the men's basketball program and we wish uh, the Sycamores uh, a lot of uh, continued success. Uh, they play Saturday uh, against Western Kentucky, and that'll be a very tough game. Uh, that'll be at Rose, uh, not at Rose Holman, at the Holman Center uh, this Saturday. And so uh, be on the lookout for uh, some good Sycamore basketball. Uh, Butler and Notre Dame are also playing. We will bring you more updates in the Indiana Sports Report um, as we go. So. Look forward to about a 15 to 20 minute Indiana sports basketball report uh, coming out weekly from Sports Talk with Tonsoni. Now we send it over to Joe and Elijah with their weekly uh, football report, and then we'll finish it up later with the Gleasonator with who's hot and who's not in the NFL. This is Joe and Elijah for your week 12 recap. This has been an interesting week, especially as Cincinnati went to UCF. UCF pulled out the defining win of their season, beating Cincinnati 13-38. While it wasn't a highly ranked team that they beat, it was still a win that will make the college football playoff committee think about them. UCF QB McKenzie Milton came up big again with 268 yards and three touchdowns. Our next matchup is number 16, Iowa State against Texas. Texas had a very strong first half that proved to be enough to put them past the Cyclones. Longhorns back quarterback Shane Buchel came on and went perfect 10 for 10 on passing with a touchdown. Texas defense smothered Iowa State's run game and held running back David Montgomery to 33 yards on 10 carries. Texas won this matchup 24 to 10. Next up, we have number 10 Ohio State versus Maryland. This was a game of offense and had both teams boasting a running back that rushed for over 200 yards. Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State had a monstrous game with over 400 yards passing, three rushing touchdowns, and three passing touchdowns. Maryland's Anthony McFarland rushed for 298 yards and two touchdowns. 
That wasn't enough, however, as Ohio State pulled out the 52-51 overtime dub. Notre Dame and Syracuse played each other at Yankee Stadium this weekend. Notre Dame dominated the game from the beginning, though, scoring 36 straight points before Syracuse got on the board with only seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. Irish quarterback Ian Book threw 292 yards, two touchdowns, and junior safety Aloe Gilman caught two interceptions to bury the orange. Notre Dame won this matchup 36-3. Lastly, we have number nine West Virginia taking on Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State pulled off an impressive second-half comeback in which they scored 31 points. Cowboy quarterback Tyler Cornelius threw five touchdowns on the night and had the assistance of two 100-yard rushers on his team. West Virginia was led by Will Greer, who had 364 passing yards and two touchdowns. Oklahoma State pulled off the upset with a final score of 41-45. Looking forward to next week, we have Oklahoma at West Virginia. With West Virginia's lost Oklahoma State last week, is now playing game for the Big 12 title game. However, Oklahoma will need to win both this game and the Big 12 title game next week in order to have a chance at sliding into a very competitive college football playoff picture. Another big game next week is number four, Michigan, goes to Ohio State, who's ranked number 10. With both teams having only one loss, there's high stakes for both teams. Ohio State has been staggering recently, and that showed in their close win over Maryland. Meanwhile, Michigan has been looking very strong with a win streak of 10 games in a row. These are going to be games that could make big changes to the college football playoff standings depending on how they could play out. Make sure you tune in next weekend to watch how it works. And in this shortened version of Sports Weekly due to Thanksgiving break, the Gleasonator is prepared and we're going to hear what happened in the NFL last week. Gleasonator, take it away. Welcome back to Who's Hot and Who's Not in the NFL. This is Braden Gleason, and I am here to let you know where we stand with the teams on top and the teams that are still struggling at the bottom. It could not possibly get any hotter than the shootout on Monday Night Football between the St. Louis Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Rams outdueled the Chiefs 54-51 in the highest regular scoring game in the season. The two teams combined for over 100 points, 1,000 yards, 21 combined penalties, and three defensive touchdowns, and one questionable play calling by the Rams as they were trying to preserve the young quarterback sensation, Patrick Mahomes, two times in the final minutes of the game. The stat sheet was lit up for both teams in this incredible video game-like contest. Rams quarterback Jared Goff was 31 out of 49 for 413 yards and four touchdowns with no interceptions. Goff connected with three different receivers for touchdowns, including two to Gerald Everett and one to Josh Reynolds and Robert Woods. Wide receiver Brandon Cooks also caught eight passes for 108 yards. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes was 33 out of 46 for 478 yards, six touchdowns and three interceptions. Mahomes connected with the speedy Tyreek Hill 10 times for 215 yards and two touchdowns. Tight end Travis Keasley caught 
10 passes for 127 yards and one touchdown. He also connected with Chris Conley for two touchdowns and Camry Hunt for one more touchdown. This unbelievable game definitely lived up to the hype and the LA Rams now sit at the top of the NFL with a record of 10 and one as they head into their bye week. On the hot list once again is the New Orleans Saints who beat the Philadelphia Eagles 48-7, which goes down as the worst loss in history by a, a running Super Bowl champion team. Saints quarterback Drew Brees was 22 out of 30 for 363 yards, four touchdowns and no interceptions. Brees completed 10 passes for Trey Quan Smith and 157 and one touchdown. Saints running back Mark Ingram rushed the ball 16 times for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Saints racked up a total of 546 yards on offense while allowing 196 total yards on, of offense for the flightless Eagles. The Saints will take on the Atlanta Falcons on Thanksgiving Day, look to get double-digit win column. Making a honorable mention this week for the hot week, this time is our own Indianapolis Colts, who won their fourth straight game, beating the Tennessee Titans 38-10. to Quarterback Andrew Luck moved 10 wins and zero losses versus the Titans as he has the Colts trending upward now at five wins and five losses on the season. The win also counted as a 210th regular season win for the 45-year-old kicker Adam Ventier and launched him past legend George Blanda as the Win, wingest player in the NFL in the regular season history. With the 49ers and the Browns on the bye week and the Giants getting a win, our only team on the not-so-hot list is the Arizona Cardinals. The battle of the Cellar Dwellers, Cellar Dwellers Cardinals lost to the Oakland Raiders 23-21. On the last-second 35-yard field goal by kicker Danielle Carlson. It is reported that the hollering Raider, the hollering in the Raiders locker room after the game sounded as if they had just won the playoff game or something. Well, when it's your second win in 10 games, it is definitely time to celebrate. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr threw for 192 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. With no other Raider players coming close to 100 yards on offense and losing effort. Cardinal quarterback Josh Rosen only threw for 136 yards, three touchdowns and two picks, but did hit aged, but sk still very skilled veteran. Larry Fitz, Fitzgerald for two touchdowns, running back David Johnson also ran the ball 25 times for 137 yards, but did not find the end zone on the day. The Cardinals will be on the road facing the LA Chargers, who currently 
are favored to win 93%. That will wrap it up for week 11, folks. I'll be back for week 12. And don't forget, this Thursday is one of the best days of all year in football. And Turkey together, one of the glorious days. Happy Thanksgiving all. This is the Gleasonator signing off. And talking about Thursday, I think the best NFL matchups are on Thursday. Our regular guys aren't with us today. We had a short week at school, but we'll go over. Chicago, Detroit has playoff um, implications. <clears throat> Mitch Trubisky might be hurt. Um, Washington does have a quarterback who's hurt. They played Dallas in the second game on Thanksgiving. Alex Smith had a gruesome injury last week, and that has some playoff impl uh, implications as well. And then the night game, Atlanta and New Orleans, might be another offensive shootout as both Atlanta and New Orleans have excellent quarterbacks and explosive offenses. So your turkey day, as the Gleasonator said, looks to be a, an outstanding uh, day of football uh, in the NFL. Thanks, and we'll see you next week, Gleasonator. For those of us at Sports Talk with Tonsoni and Delphi Bracketology, we'd like to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving, uh, a very happy shopping on Friday day, and enjoy the, uh, all of the college football, pro football, and sports that uh, you can imagine. So um, that'll do it for this episode of Sports Talk with Tonsoni. Please look for our new podcast, Bracket U, to come out every week. Also our new podcast, Indiana Sports Report, to come out uh, now every week and uh, continue to do some sports recaps. So for the gang at Delphi Bracketology, thanks for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving.